0: You're listening to Curated Podcast from the Beyond Infinity Radio Programme broadcast live on Tuesdays from eleven AM from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Listen live on ninety-eight point seven or ninety-eight point three FM or stream live from RWPFM.com.au. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. We've got Dr. Ian Story, lecturer in information systems at RMIT,'s very kindly returned to the studios of RWP. Good morning, Ian.
1: Thanks very much, Piers. So going to a computing topic, which mm. is close to my heart, involving information security, there's been a recent threat, or well, two threats, Spectre and Meltdown.
0: Right, then this is really, is this the hardware threat to chips?
1: Yeah, it's attacking microprocessors. I get the feeling all of Intel's current microprocessors. Okay, and they're, so, in, a,
0: they're in a lot of computers. They're in PCs. I think they're also in Mac Desktop computers and laptops. I'm not sure about their smartphones. I think they might use their own silicon in Apple's well. It's in it's
1: in ARM processors as well. Yep, and I'm pretty sure it is in some of the Apple devices. Right, Hmm. I think I read that it's in mobile phones as well.
0: And because it's a hardware issue, it's not something that can be patched. It's not something to be fixed with with uh, software. Is it it something which you know, big companies or even individuals can potentially sort of say, okay, well, you've sold me a product which is vulnerable and I've experienced this vulnerability, therefore I've got a warranty claim against you? Is it, Has it got to that?
1: Yes. Mm. They're, they're threatening suing them. Mm. I haven't seen anything definite on who's suing whom, but I have read that Intel is being threatened with lawsuits. The reason is that in order to ameliorate the threat to some extent, they're having to slow down yeah. these computers. Right. Hmm. So the threat called Spectre is named after speculative computing, but it's also named after the bad guys in the Bond, Bond movie. Yep. Right? So, yep. so Spectre uses speculative computing to go to branches. They work out that there's spare time and spare room in the microprocessor, to do some speculative branching on where we're going in the future. Mm-hmm. Most of the time in the past, he's gone down this branch. We can calculate down this branch and save some time.
0: Right. Yep.
1: They save about 30% of time. It's a lot.
0: Mm. By, um, by knowing what your habits are, by knowing what you're likely to want to get the processes to do.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And going there be, beforehand. Mm-hmm. But if you have the wrong code... You can get it to go to branches that you wouldn't go to and to get it to go to branches that you wouldn't go to because they're insecure, they're actually not allowed. You can go down those branches and see data and save it, right? So you can do stuff with data. You can see passwords. You can see private keys. Private keys are the basis of e-commerce. Mm. So without those, you're, you're completely hacked. If a hacker gets hold of those, your e-commerce sites are, you know, are all broken into. In order to half fix it, they've had to slow them down. The thing is, with Spectre, like, so
0: getting rid of that predictive. Okay, this is what he's he often does, and I'm prepared for that. So that'll make the whole process faster. So by by stopping the computer or the chip doing that. It slows it down, but it also reduces that vulnerability.
1: Yes, I think something like that is the case, Mm -hmm. but they can't do it completely. Apparently, they can slow it down. Spectre hasn't, as far as I know, been demonstrated in the wild. Meltdown has. Meltdown is a similar kind of attack, but it uses a more standard procedure.
0: Okay. We're talking about vulnerabilities in computer chips, and these these are Intel chips, but also AMD chips. The penetration across the market, regardless of of manufacturer, Uh, we're even talking smartphones, tablets, mobile computers, as well as um, laptops and desktops. Dr Ian's story, Lecturer in Information Systems at RMIT, is just filling us in on this vulnerability, which which would seem to be a pretty profound and serious one because it can't be protected or even fixed with a software patch, which has normally been the way that vulnerabilities have been dealt with.
1: They can't even sort of get into the microcode to fix it in the microprocessors. There's a hardware flaw that's causing it. So even though they can slow it down, they, can't, they just can't. So this
0: is like, it's basically, if you really want to get around this, you've got to design a new chip from scratch. Yeah,
1: yeah you've got to buy a new computer, a new iPad, new phone. <laughs> Great. I just got a new phone.
0: I've actually been wanting to get rid of it, take it back, so this could be the excuse I've been looking for.
1: Intel is doubling down. You know, they're they're not admitting liability or liability hmm. people are trying to get them to and trying to get them to fix it but instead they're they're talking about oh it's not a real problem so mostly it's been shown academically at least spectre meltdown it's pretty easy actually but spectre has been shown academically as far as i know i haven't read about it in a few few weeks as far as i know it takes a long time to do and it's been done academically but whether you're machine is actually hackable or not is hard to say mm. so the scenario is if you've got something in the cloud or if two people are using the one computer like you're at work you leave the computer on you're leaving your data in the computer <laughs> what i tend to do is turn my computer off before i use a site where i put in my password and turn it off after i've used the site where i use my password but you know you're still using private keys Mm. when you go on the web every site these days is a secure site so
0: can you just explain private keys just for listeners just just very simply I mean it it is the basis of e-commerce as you said so it's pretty important fundamental to a lot of things we do on the internet
1: so there's a new kind of cryptography that developed in the middle of last century but which has really taken off called public key cryptography without public key cryptography you wouldn't be able to do e-commerce because with ordinary cryptography you have one key you lock up your message, you encrypt it and you use the same key, same key to decrypt it. With the magic of some very, very special and they're very rare mathematical algorithms, you can lock it up with one key but you can't unlock it with that key. You've got to have the associated... Private key to unlock it.
0: They use a whole slew of these. So the key that unlocks it after it's been sent by the recipient, the person who you want to be able to open it. How do they get that? That's sent at the same time that that the data is encrypted. The by, yeah, by the, the sender. They
1: usually work it the other way around, but I, th- I think it's probably simpler to understand it as a sender. Anyway, the sender gets the public key and encrypts with the public key. Anyone can know your public key. This is another m- amazing thing about it. You only need one key per person, really. So I give you my public key. I give somebody else my public key. You encrypt with, with my public key and send me the message. I have the one thing that's that can be used to decrypt it, the private key. Mm-hmm. My computer stores it in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that safe Behind if it. Meltdown or, or Spectre can get at it. Mm-hmm. And it's readily used by websites all the time.
0: Well, I suppose what I'm getting at is Does the key that unlocks an encrypted communication of some description, does that key get sent over the internet? Because if it does, then isn't it vulnerable?
1: No, it never gets sent. Okay. Your computer... Okay, you've got that. That's on your computer. That's on your device. It's a bit more complicated because you need PKI. What you need is a public key of a certificate authority who then will say, you generate your keys and I'll hold your public key for all sorts of reasons. But the idea is your computer generates the private key and keeps it, It generates the public and private key. Nobody else should be able to see that. No authority, no certificate authority. The certificate authority only has your public keys. Mm -hmm. Only you have your private keys. Mm -hmm. If someone can see those, then they can break in. Mm. But those private keys are being used every time you go to a HTTPS page yep and i don't know if which you've is
0: been... gmail is everything mm. a absolutely lot of things absolutely everything yep. these days yep. yep they're
1: very sophisticated so they're using these all the time mm.
0: these vulnerabilities through the microprocessors including spectre and meltdown they could allow private keys to be accessed that's one of the thi- that's one of the vulnerabilities that yep. is there Yep,
1: they can see into memory space that they shouldn't be seeing into
0: Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or
1: to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestions for future shows.